0: How we communicate matters. It matters at home, it matters at work, and it absolutely matters in business. How we communicate can determine whether others see us as a leader or simply see us as someone that they can come to, to unload on, to vent on, or to just get the answer. Well, if you want to lead, you don't want to just give the answers. I'm going to tell you why in this episode. And I'm going to give you a three-step filter that you can implement right now in your conversations to help you become a better leader in your home, in your business, and in the community around you. You are listening to the Dads Making a Difference podcast, the number one podcast for men driven to live a life of significance, men who want to make a difference in the lives of their families, in their business, and in the world around them. My name is Cam Hall, founder of Fight the Dabot and leader of the Dads Making a Difference Mastermind. Thank you so much for spending time with me today. Now, let's dive in. Hello, my friend. Welcome to this episode of the Dads Making a Difference podcast. My name is Cam Hall. I'm your host and founder of the Dads Making a Difference Mastermind group. And I'm excited that you're here today. I'm excited that you're here and I get to speak to you one-on-one today, sharing with you what I'm passionate about. Leadership and communication. Because I had a conversation in the last seven days with a young dad who's also a business owner, where I got to share what I'm going to share with you today. I got to share a message about the importance of communication because he was struggling in his business. He's a young guy who has a very successful business with a large team, and he was struggling to communicate with his team members. And I'm not saying he's a bad communicator or they were having conflict in the workplace. What I'm saying is that he wasn't able to communicate clearly enough to inspire his co-workers the, his employees to do what he actually wanted them to do because he felt that he was going to either one hurt relationships so let's just call it what it is hurt people's feelings or two he just wouldn't know what to say and he didn't quite know how to challenge them to do what in his head he thought was the right path but he wanted them to do it the wrong way and so he was going back and forth with how do I enter into these conversations And in that conversation, this was our first meeting, he also let me know he had a young family. And so I started to draw parallels for him between life at home with two young kids and then life at the office with a large team and people who come to you with questions all the time. And while, yes, it's different, there's so many similarities because it all comes down to a couple of things. How you communicate matters and how you lead matters. So how you lead matters because people come to you for two reasons. They'll either come to you because they want you to lead them. And we'll talk about how leading is guiding. Or they come to you because they just want you to tell them what to do. Which isn't leadership, it's management. There's times at home, I have two young kids, 8 and 10. My daughter is 11 next week, I'm super excited. But I have two young kids who will come to me with questions Not so much because they want the answers, because they think they just need to ask the questions. Kids are cool that way. There's times where it's like, oh, I asked mom, I didn't get the answer I wanted. I'm going to go ask dad. Of course, there's those situations. But a lot of the times at home, we are more open to entering into, well, why are you asking me that question? Or did you ask your mom already? Or what have you tried already that's worked? We're more open to do that at home than we are in the workplace. But we're just communicating with human beings and we're modeling healthy communication skills. Now, I have to be transparent. I'm going to take a time out here. Healthy communication skills. I am not feeling amazing under right now. I'm feeling a little bit under the weather. You could probably tell by my voice. I'm a little plugged up, and I am extremely out of breath. So there are going to be times in this conversation today where I might take a couple of breath breaks, and I appreciate you being patient with me in that. But this is such an important message, and it was, it was on my heart, and I wanted to bring it to you talking about leadership and communication today. Because I know it's going to help you. It's going to help you in your home. It's going to help you at work. It's going to help you if you lead a company or you're building a side gig, whatever it is, it's going to help you. Because, like I said, how we communicate matters. It matters in all those environments. And how we can communicate with others will determine a few things. It will determine whether or not others will see you as a leader, like I said, or as a manager. Someone who's just going to tell them what to do. Do A, B, C, D, blah, 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 down the list. Tell me when you're done. That's management. And there's a time for management. But I want you to be a leader because leadership skills translate. They translate from home to work. They translate from work to the community. They translate from the community to the sporting event that you take part in. I want you to be a leader. Leaders leave a legacy. Okay? Leaders leave a legacy. And if you want to inspire your kids, if you want to inspire your wife, you want to inspire the people at work, you need to lead. And I want to help you to lead. So I'm going to challenge you with a few questions first. Okay, so as I ask you these questions, I just want you to make a mental note of where you're at in this. And this is a continuum. There's no right or wrong answers here, but I'm going to challenge you. Someone comes to you with a question. Doesn't matter what that question is. Do you quickly give them an answer based on what you feel is best? Or do you ask questions so that you can encourage them to come up with their own answers? Here's the challenge. Giving answers will get you where you want, will get you the result likely that you want. You just tell them what you want them to do. And they are the tool that does it. Or you can lead them through the process of coming up with their own answers to work through the process that honestly will lead them to not come to you with the same question next time, but will guide them through the process so they can develop the skills and the knowledge to work through it next time. So do you give answers? Are you quick to give answers? Or are you quick to ask questions? Which relates to my next question for you. Do you guide or do you prescribe a path? Do you guide giving somebody the guide? Here's here's the example of a guide. I'm a Star Wars fan. Yeah, you can hold it against me, whatever. But (laughs) I'm a Star Wars fan. But who is the hero in that story? Well, Luke Skywalker, he's a hero in that story. But who's the guide? Obi-Wan Kenobi is the guide. We look at Obi-Wan in the first Star Wars movies, and he's the guide helping Luke along his path so Luke can become the leader and the Jedi that he wants to be. So who are you in the journey? Are you the hero? Are you the one who comes in wielding your lightsaber, taking down all the bad guys and helping each other, helping the other people out so they look at you as the hero? Or do you want to be the guide, the wise one, the one people come to and, and talk about as you're the one who will help other people become better than they are now, will help other people become better versions of themselves? I'm guessing you want to be the guide. So do you guide or do you prescribe a path? And the last one I want to get into today, and I'll get into it last if we, have, we still got some time, is do you inform or do you explain? And it's really important to differentiate between the two. So let's talk about giving answers or asking questions. Because challenging other people to come up with their own answers, that is probably one of the most important skills in leadership. Because to lead effectively, we must be creators of a thinking culture. In my background in education, in academia, creating a thinking culture, or we would say creating a culture of thinking is a primary focus when you're working in an educational setting. Now, in the study of leadership development, uh, psychology would say, psychologist David Rock actually calls this a quiet leadership skill. What is quiet leadership? And so when we look at quiet leadership or creating a culture of thinking, the key is this, asking questions that will elicit a response in others that will put them through the process. So I want you to know what questions to ask. But here's here's the key, and here's the catch. It's so much easier to give answers. It's so much easier just to give answers based on what you think than it is to ask questions to get to the root of what other people think. So how can you shift from giving answers to asking questions, which I would say is the equivalent of shifting from reacting to responding? Okay. And how do you respond in a way that challenges thinking? First of all, let's think of work. If you work in an office or interact with other human beings in your day, this has happened to you. Somebody has come to you and they don't have a question. They have a statement. And they come to you because maybe you're in a leadership position or you oversee a certain department. And they just have a statement. And they make their statement and they sit there and they wait for your response. What do you do? Do you answer and agree? I'll be honest. There's times where I'm tired and someone will come to me. And they'll come with a statement. I'm not going to do this. Or I don't agree with this. A statement is great. That's where they're coming from. That's what they're processing through. And instead of focusing on solutions or focusing on thinking, I will get easily trapped by just either agreeing or nodding my head. Or I ask what they've done so far, which is focusing on details, which will detract from the importance and power of the conversation. Or I ask, hey, what have you done so far? Which again, gets into, this is what I've done so far, and here's what hasn't worked. So instead of asking questions about problems or details, which can detract from the path you want to go as a leader, ask solution-based questions. Ask thinking-based questions. You might say, Cam, what is that? So somebody comes into your office and they have a statement. They're upset about something. Or your spouse comes to you at home with a statement and they're upset about something. A question that inspires thinking could be, hmm, how long have you been thinking about this? Or how often do you think about this? Are you clear about this issue? On a scale of 1 to 10, how important is this to you right now? All of those questions put the conversation back on the person so that they now are in control of their thinking. I haven't told them what to think. I've asked them what they're thinking. And immediately in that conversation, I'm leading them through a process where thinking is the key. Going back to what I said earlier, I'm creating a culture of thinking. Another example of questions. Somebody comes into you and they're having problems meeting numbers, sales numbers or, or something like that. You say, well, How committed are you to resolving this issue? What impact is thinking about this issue having on you? Do you have a clear path right now for shifting this issue or hitting your numbers? So asking questions about thinking, asking questions that are solutions focused or forward thinking will help people come to you with questions so that they know that you will guide them down the path through their own thinking so that they can come up with solutions and tell them that they can do it on their own because Here is a problem that we often fall into. What separates strong leaders from and strong communicators from other people is their ability to inspire those around them to take ownership and creating a safe space in which that ownership, that thinking, that process of failure and try again can take place without judgment. So how do you create a culture like that? How do you create that safe space where you can try and fail without judgment and where you can take ownership. Well, I want you to use this three-layer filter, a three-layer filter you can implement right now in your conversations this week with your kids, with your wife, and with the people you work with. And it's a three-layer filter to identify your communication strategy and your leadership strategy when you're working with other people. Hey guys, I wanted to take a moment and talk about our community of DMD Brothers in the DMD Mastermind. We are men who help each other to stay focused and intentional in our pursuits of personal, professional, physical, financial, emotional, and spiritual growth. We are a community of men who bring courage, wisdom, and transparency to unfiltered conversations that challenge us to be more impactful men. To be dad's making a difference. We do this through our online and in-person events where men come together to speak into each other's lives and then turn around and do the deep work to create change in their families, in their businesses, and in the community around them. If you are wondering if this community might be right for you, you can find more information on the DMD Mastermind and you can also book a call directly with me at dmdmastermind.com. Now, let's get back to our show. The first is this. We can do things to people. We can do things to people. That is managing. Someone comes to you with a question and you say, here is the list. Here is the protocol. Here is the checklist. Go do this. You're doing that to someone. You're giving someone something to do, and you've done it to them. They haven't been part of that. They've come to you. You've handed them a sheet of paper, and they've walked away. Okay? So you can do things to people. The second is you can do things for people. My kids come to me. When I remember when my my son was learning to tie his shoes. He could come to me, and he would be frustrated, and I could get mad at him for, man, you should know this already, which I never did, but we could. Or I have a choice. I can kneel down and tie his shoes for him. Or I can let him struggle through it. And we've all been there where we are rushing out the door, need to get someplace important or not important for that matter. And we will just kneel down and tie shoes for him. We've all done it. I I actually, here's another example. Sitting at the dinner table having a family conversation, I ask my son a question. Well, His older sister has this amazing habit of answering all his questions for him. I don't know if you have kids. If you have multiple kids, you know exactly what I'm talking about. If you don't have kids and you're listening to this, here's the equivalent. You're in a board meeting. You're in a team meeting. You're in high school. And you hear a question or someone comes to you with a question. So someone looks at me and says, Cam, why do you, why does this happen? Why does ABC happen? And you're just about to answer, and then somebody else blurts out an answer and they answer for you. And they might be thinking, oh, I'm just helping out. I'm helping get to the answer quick. I remember a grade seven science class I had this back in the day when I taught grade seven math and science. Man, that's a long time ago, seventeen years ago. And I would ask a question, kids would put their hands up, and then one kid would just blurt out. Or I would ask one student who I knew was struggling through it, I was giving him time to think, and somebody else would just be uncomfortable with the silence and would blurt out the answer. All of what I just shared with you is doing something for people. Tying my son's shoes, I'm doing that for him. His sister (laughs) answering the questions at the dinner table for him about what happened in the day, done for him. The kid in the classroom, your high school classroom, if you can remember. That one kid who used to answer for everybody else that's doing something for. In the team meeting, in the conference room, somebody answers. When you're asked a question, they're doing it for you. But that gives a really dangerous message. Because what are we really doing when we answer for somebody or do something for someone? Well, the underlying message there is, I don't believe that you can do this for yourself. I don't believe that you actually are capable of doing this. And while that might not be the intention, and the original filter is like, I just want to help, so I'll do this for you. We're actually reinforcing the idea that these other individuals cannot do it for themselves. So you do a thing, something to somebody, they have no power in that situation. You take their power away. You take their autonomy away by doing it to them. Second is you can do it for with someone. Do something for somebody else. And you're telling them that they can't do it on their own. So the key isn't doing number one, number two, two, and four. It's the third filter, doing it with someone. Because when you do something with someone, alongside them, I kneel down, Braylon and I, we tie his shoes together. Or you have a conversation in the board office, or you have a conversation in the conference room where you're guiding through conversation and everybody has input and you're going through it together. You're doing that process with someone else. And when you do something with someone else, something amazing happens. That amazing thing is that the other person that you are in contact with begins to take ownership over their journey. This is what leadership is. The most effective communicators and leaders enter into a process with others so that they can help others take ownership over their own path. So you might be thinking, Cam, how do I create a culture of thinking? How do I work on working with people instead of doing two or doing four? Well, it can start by asking questions like I gave before. Or it can just start by you being present and acknowledging in that moment, remembering what I tell you, two for with, two, four with, two, four with. What is the purpose? I want to do this with them. And you start to engage in that. And by doing something with somebody, you're keeping them in that. All right. So someone comes to you and they and they have an issue they want to face. You say, well, do you have a plan for shifting this issue? Do you have a plan for solving this? Would you mind sharing that with me? And then you have a conversation. As they share their plan, you ask more questions. So the first question could be, do you have a plan for shifting this issue? Do you have a plan for solving this? Do you have a plan for learning how to tie your shoes, Braylon? And then they ask you, and then they answer, and they give you the information they have. you say, well, how clear is your thinking about this plan? What thought have you given to this plan? Is this a reasonable plan? What are you noticing about your thinking? What insights are you having? Oh, that's interesting. How, how, how deep can you go on this insight? So you continue to layer these questions that put back the ownership on the person that you're con- having a conversation with. A team member, an employee, your wife, your kids. Because you want to do things with other people. When you do things with other people, you lead. When you do things to other people, you manage. And when you do things for other people, you enable. Just say, you can't do it yourself, so I'm going to do it for you. And this whole conversation, I feel like I'm rambling a bit and I apologize. really comes down to that filter, that three-layer filter. Am I doing this to someone? Am I doing this for someone? Or am I doing this with someone? And when I had that conversation earlier this week that I referenced with this young man, who has an amazing young family, who has a successful business, who's nervous about getting into conversations with his team because he doesn't want to break relationships. Relationships that in the family business he'd been building for 15 years. And he's nervous about these leadership conversations now that he's in a new leadership role, buying the company. So now not only has he stopped started in a new leadership role, the people he was working alongside, he now owns the company that they work for And he's nervous, but he has no no need to be nervous if he enters into conversations with the filter to, for, and with. I'm going to do this with you. Let's sit down and do this together. Let's look at this together. Let's look at the plan. What thinking have you had? What insight do you have? What struggles have you had? Bring them into the process. Help the people around you take ownership. And if you'd help others take ownership, you too will take ownership over your leadership journey. It's easy to ask answer questions with quick answers. It's an art to learn how to answer questions with questions. So this week, as you go through your week, two for, and with, to, for, and with, what are you doing to do things with people? Once you start to do things with people, they'll start to take ownership, and then we'll come back to this and we'll come back to this on to the next step of building your leadership skills. But right now, I wanted to, I was challenged. I felt called to share that with you how to do things with people, because that's what I want for you this week. I want you to do things with people so you can make a difference. You can make an impact so you can impact your community, your family, and your business. That's why I'm here to help you grow. I hope this is helpful for you. I know this is a short one today, but it was just something that I wanted to share because I have all these. Conversations with business owners and with parents who are stuck and they're frustrated and they have conflict in the home or conflict at work. And sometimes when you just recenter on the purpose of doing things with people so they can take ownership, so you don't have to micromanage it and do it to them or do it for them, it makes it so much easier. And so this week, my friend, do things for people or do things with people. And if you do things with people, you're going to have a much better leadership journey, and a much stronger leadership journey. That's my hope for you. So go out there, make a difference. Be a dad making a difference this week. If this was beneficial to you, let me know. Let me know. Share it. Make a comment on the YouTube page. Share this episode with somebody who needs to hear it, a young leader in your life that you know could hear this. And I'll see you next week on the Dad's Making a Difference podcast. Thank you for joining me today on this episode of the Dad's Making a Difference podcast. I hope you found value in today's show. And if it made a positive impact on you, please share it with someone you know, leave a five-star review, and subscribe so you don't miss out on upcoming episodes. I'm Cam Hall. Thank you for spending time with me today. And I will see you on the next episode of the DMD podcast.